Tonight on the Big O' Belt Wrestling Podcast, we're going to go back a week and finish up our conversations about the Triple H era of WWE. There's a little bit more conversation that needs to be had. But going forward into this week in terms of new topics, NXT Europe, NXT UK, what is happening? Some releases, some news, um, and some other stuff. And then um, the all-out pay-per-view for uh, AEW. The build has been a little interesting, shall we say, of lack of better words. We're going to talk about that all more, all of that and more tonight. So let's get into tonight's episode. up everybody and welcome back for another episode of the big o belt wrestling podcast live each and every thursday 8 p.m eastern standard time now jerry alongside of jamal and damian g will be hosting the duties of tonight's episode in absence of marcellus and will gentlemen how you doing tonight yeah it's been it's been a day yeah we're doing good just trying to stay cool even though the temperatures now are 85 you know that's a improvement from 101 here in dfw so i'll take it <laughs> well uh without further ado let's just get right back into uh last week's topic you know we had a very lengthy conversation about the investment of the investment slash reinvestment of wwe now in the triple h era and there was a lot of other questions I can't that kind of came out, out outside of all of the things we were talking about. So we figured let's just clean that all up, wrap that up in a bow, and probably revisit this back in a couple of months or not. So we'll see. Um, but the first thing I want to jump into in terms of investing into or reinvesting into uh WWE, the Triple H era, is well, what about Raw and SmackDown? And the continuity between the two of them. And we've known over, you know, the years, Raw felt like a show, SmackDown felt like a show. When Fox got involved, SmackDown started to feel a lot different, started to feel a little bit like a a spectacle of a of a production in terms of big names, you know, big advertisement, you know, all of the sorts of that. I mean, even even uh at, at one point they was running those uh 8k cameras down the ramp like they were doing some things you know they wanted to make it look and feel different than, than raw which is our traditional wwe vince mcmahon looking wrestling show um now that vince mcmahon's gone now triple h is here triple h formerly running nxt now running the main roster what does that mean between the continuity between the two of them that we you know now have to kind of identify Will it be a continuity issue? And what will it look like? Do you expect the change? And so on. So a lot of questions with this, you know. So let's let's just let's just kind of jump into it. I uh, start with you, Damien. How do you foresee and what have what can you tell now in terms of the continuity between the two shows? Well, you can tell right off the bat that the brand split is probably going to be uh null and void, or at the very least, they're going to try to get as many people to swap shows as humanly possible. Uh, to fill the gap of of Roman not being at every single show. So we saw that this past week on Raw, where Drew showed up on Raw, even though he's a SmackDown person, you know, he doesn't have a title. So it's not like he's the Usos or he's Roman that can show up on both uh, programs. Uh, The writing from week to week, I'm just going to say SmackDown has been interesting uh, because the way they wrote SmackDown last week 
compared to the week prior to build up Gunther versus uh, Shinsuke. There was some consistency there. Uh, same thing with a little bit of Raw, where you have Bailey's group versus, you know, the, the Raw baby faces of Asuka, Alexa, and Bianca. There's no, so far, there's no hopping between angles, no dropping them after like three weeks or so, uh, as Vince and the writing staff was prone to do, where one minute, you know, Tazawa and Tamina were like married, and the next minute, <laughs> that's it. So, <laughs> as far as continuity is concerned, so far so good, but can this keep up when you have a myriad of writers in a room that are not writing a wrestling show. Remember, they're still writing a, a, a television show that just happens to have wrestling. So who's to say that the demographics are going to keep staying where they are, uh, considering the fact that not a lot of people watch wrestling to begin with. So continuity aside, I, I like where it's going. I like the fact that everything seems to be flowing well so far. Again, I still can't commit to three hours on Raw, but I can at least watch the highlights. So step in the right direction. So obviously with that comment, Raw is an issue right now. SmackDown, two hours seems to flow better, a little bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. Presentation keeps your attention. Raw is an issue, right? Yes. Proper assessment? That is perfectly. Mm -hmm. All right, Jamal. Uh, Yeah, so as a person that doesn't watch WWE in general, and having gone to Raw and have checked it out recently, uh, haven't checked out SmackDown um, in a while, but I think in general, the biggest thing about Raw is that the fact that it's not that the show is two hours, because we've all sat through pay-per-views before, no problem. Uh, we've all sat through WrestleManias before, no problem. Uh, but what is it about Raw that makes it such a huge pill to swallow? And it's not just the three hours. It's the waiting. Um, there's the commercial placement is weird. You know, we, when we're in the building, you have a guy come out, tease his entrance, and then they go to commercial for five minutes. So he's literally just waiting in the ring. Um, it was a hot moment last week uh, or this Monday where Owens and McIntyre had some words, a pretty good promo. And then, yeah, we're going to have this match start right now after these commercial breasts. And then they go to commercial for four minutes. And then, you know, in the arena, it's not like Owens is talking to the crowd or McIntyre is continuing or anything like that. It's just that no, they're, they're at a commercial break in the arena, too. So we're watching the same Cricket Wireless commercial Miz, <laughs> you know, for the eighth time. Uh, it's just, you know, that stuff really kind of takes the wind, uh, a bit of the wind out of the sails and of the flow of the show. However, that's a marked improvement over what I remember it and what I the reason why I stopped watching it. Um, so it's not there yet, but it's definitely going in the right direction. You can feel the ship turning, but they haven't completely changed course yet. I think in general, um, it was interesting to see when people left, uh, you know, the arena for Raw. And I think people generally tapped out in about two and a half hours uh, of Raw. But obviously we got the show, doors opened at six and the show started at 7.30. So we got a little bit more wrestling than everybody else did on TV. But 10.30 was generally the cutoff. In a few weeks, it will be a school night. In a few weeks, it will be time for Monday Night Football. And in a few weeks, I can't justify 11 o'clock anymore. But I think that that's kind of the thing. And, And the story, the pacing didn't seem to jive with it all. So they had seven matches. Two of them were squashes. Two of them went like 20 minutes, which is great. But it, it was that middle part in between that was kind of, there was like a 45 minute stretch where you just go, huh, okay. And I can definitely see myself if I had Hulu, for example, never watching it live and just picking it up later and going, yeah, this is a show I want to see, but I want to see it in two hours and 15 minutes. I'm, I'm Maybe I'm missing a point here. What, 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 in terms of Triple H now taking control over this, because I mean, if I didn't know no better, you're talking about Raw in general. Well, I can't compare it to SmackDown because I don't watch it. Yeah, so, but yeah, but, but okay. So but yeah, so Raw in general, from what I remember it to what it is now, is a marked improvement. But however, I do think that Raw kind of drags in the middle, and that's where you're kind of limping towards the finish line versus, oh my God, it's 11.02. When are they going to end the show? Versus 
oh my god, it's 10.57, the, final, the show is finally over. And obviously, two hours versus three hours is the answer, but it's, it's really more to the point of filling that three hours. It's not that they can't do it. Uh, you know, it, it's just that Honestly, the matches, the two matches that were on main event could have been on Raw. They were actually of quality. Um, it was one match that was better than the other, and I think that was Cedric and um, it was Shelton and Akira Tozawa in the first one. It was a tag match in the second one, and both of them were like competent matches. And they got two of those done in twenty minutes, but the other stuff just didn't. It just didn't make any sense. Like Dana Brooke is twenty four seven champion. Well, is Bailey as a heel going to just jump her and take her and pin her and take the belt? No, she's not interested. Okay, so what do we sit through the match for? Oh, she squashed her to build Dakota Kai up. Hmm. Uh, so, there were too many bathroom breaks, and that's kind of my that's kind of my problem. Now, as far as SmackDown goes, yeah, sure, two hours is an easy, easier pill to swallow, but they backloaded their show with Roman Reigns, so that's that's a different problem that Raw has. It's not that Raw has doesn't have enough steam to keep going. SmackDown doesn't have anything else but the one egg in the basket. Right. So they have different problems for their different shows, and I think none of those are re- relevant to time. All right. So, I I mean, I, I like, full, wholeheartedly disagree here. Uh, okay, so SmackDown, I feel like, has, has been, to its own extent, exciting. Um, it does something different than what we're used to seeing uh, per... Vince McMahon era. I feel like Fox is very much at the table at all times to make sure that the things they want is delivered day in and day out. Don't feel like that's the same conversation with um, USA Network and Raw because Raw at times just feels terribly like discombobulated in terms of his audience versus like uh, what his niche may be. It's just sometimes just be all over the place. Um I think now with Triple H being in, in 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 charge, I think he's aware of this. I think he listens to the fans. I think from the sample doses of Raw that we had in the last two weeks, Raw has gotten much better. I really enjoyed Raw. I don't know if it's just because we were at it, but it just felt overall mm. like a really, really good show. And I think, you know, even looking at the consensus of people online, I think a lot of people enjoyed it saying, this has been really good wrestling, um, which... With that, also, too, speaking of wrestling, we're seeing sort of the Vince McMahon-isms all being removed from uh, Raw. People are calling themselves wrestlers again. Um, and, and all those little constraints that you, you would imagine that he had over the show seems to be removing. So to, to, the, to the question, the continuity between Raw and SmackDown, I think we're actually going to see a very competitive nature between the two shows in the sense of, elevating one another to just put out the best product they can triple h using the full entirety of the roster um and i think overall we're going to get not just a show that's just wrestling centric or a show that's just entertainment centric i think we're going to get a little bit of both on both of these shows um and 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 probably get people to reinvest back into them um especially especially raw which we haven't seen in a long time but the biggest question beyond this is what do you all feel? How does the network now get involved? Now I, I mentioned Fox, the Fox deal that happened. What what has it been? Has it been three years? That was twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and it's evident as I said, Fox. You can tell Fox has a seat at the table in terms of the presentation, the names they want on the show, even commercialing. <laughs> Everything seems to be very much on terms of how they want. Uh, their product to look but what about usa network now who if i'm not mistaken the deal for raw is close to being up for question or am i just completely out of whack here what do you mean like is the is the contract with usa network i feel like i'm I feel like I've heard this or I feel I that the Fox deal is up in 2024 and the NBC deal is up in 2025. Okay. Mm. Um now, I, mean, I, I could be dead wrong with those numbers, but I'm right 85% sure on that. Okay. 
Uh, it's just, just, just out of curiosity and going back to you, Damien, how do you see the network now getting involved knowing that Vince is gone, Triple H is there, this is a, a new field, new Tony? You know, what, what do you think are the suggestions now? I mean, one of the big things we already heard is that Fox, Raw wants a champion on that the show. That was where I was going to go with that. I was going to say Raw wants a champion. Yeah. So the first order of business is to get a belt back on Raw. Now, you could get away with this when it was Brock Lesnar because he was a part-timer, but they want to have someone that's constantly on television giving you a must-see TV moment. Now, is Drew that person since he's on SmackDown? Probably not. Is it Karrion Cross? No, in my opinion. So it's like, okay, so what are we going to do? Move Roman over to Raw and then keep Drew on SmackDown if he wins it in Cardiff? So it's, it's, it's that kind of thing where if you're the network, I want as many superstars, to quote the term, as Fox has. Because I know that's always been a point of contention with USA. It seems like Fox had the deck stacked when SmackDown first started after the uh, 2019. So how does Triple H pivot? Well, I think they're trying to do that now on Raw by making the women's division kind of the must-see for USA. Uh, okay. And you know what? It's worth a shot because you've seen how Bianca's in the forefront, Bailey's in the forefront. Now you have EO and Dakota, and you still have um, Asuka and Alexa, and now KO as the prize fighter trying to push Kevin Owens back up the card. So maybe they're trying to do it that way where they just have a motley crew of people who the fans want to tune in to see. Let me, who will tune in to see? Let me ask you a quick question. I, I, I you, you quickly, you quickly said no to carrying cross. I mean, that, those are obviously personal feelings. Do you think the network cares? He's a guy. He has a presentation. I mean, regardless of what, I, what, what we, if I'm a regardless okay, of I'm gonna be real here. Him, oh yeah, no, no, not even personal. As a net, as a guy, and let's just say I'm a guy in the network. You know why I'd want to push carrying cross. Because with Karrion Cross, who do you get? Sable, I mean Scarlet. So that I, might be must-see TV for the male demographic. I mean, you tried to go sophisticated on that one. But also, you can say, why would I want to push, push Karrion Cross? Because he looks like a guy. He looks like a He's traditional a dude. He's just a regular guy. dude. I mean, he got tattoos. He's a pretty, pretty you know, swole guy. He's a handsome you know? guy. Yeah. But, but it, that's it. But I mean, like that's what a lot of wrestlers look like for over the years. So like when you look at the mode of what a wrestler looks like, you say, well, yeah, he definitely looks like he could be a champion. Just what it is. Wrestlers way in and way out look pretty much like this mode. And yes, he has a, a, a manager uh, who also looks like a manager. Um, their presentation was, was very selling, um, especially in NXT. Top, yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, you combine to these things, regardless of the wrestling regardless of that bad little uh, appetizer or, or sampler that we got of him uh, earlier uh, on the main roster. Oh, you mean like the, as the gimp? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. The, yeah. I, I, to, to my point, I'm thinking like, well, I, I think the network could say like, yeah, that that we can work with that. I mean, Drew obviously is another guy you can say, yeah, I can work with that. I mean, and honestly, Kevin Owens' promo is a lot of the same sentiments of how I feel about Drew, which I'm not like overly over the top of Drew and his sort of his gimmick. I like him as a wrestler, but the gimmick, I'm like, I don't really get it. One day you're this, one day you're that. Kind of confused here, but like, it works. He's a big guy, looks like a wrestler. Make him a champion. He's over with the fans. I think the, I think Karrion Cross and his whole build and aesthetic and gimmick. Is you over he, with the fans? Yes, very okay. much. So, crazy enough, and for whatever I reason, feeling. I okay. would have. Oh, he, Jamal was he not over when he came out? I, I, I got to say, of the three biggest pops that night, it's easily Bianca, Drew, um, I think a lot of the adults like Seth, and who else? Somebody else got a huge... Shelton Benjamin also got a, a strangely big pop, too, uh, <laughs> earlier night. Like, I was not expecting that, and I was like, hey, I'm for it, but, like, yeah. But, like, yeah, Alexa Bliss is, is, is probably the third person who had the biggest, the next biggest pop, but Drew is... I don't think I've ever been to a show where Drew was on it and he didn't get a, a out of this out of this roof like uh, 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 sort of uh, pop and, and, and an ovation from folks like they they love some Drew I like him but like confused about the gimmick but my 
to your uh, to my point of what you're saying, I, I, we may not be sold on Karen Cross, but I couldn't see a network person saying no. I think it, I could checks the boxes for what a wrestler looks like, you know. If it was somebody like Kevin Owens, you can say like, I don't know what the network may think about that one, you know. I mean, we know what he can do. He definitely checks all the boxes, but from a network standpoint, you know, how do they feel about that in terms of them saying we need a champion to represent not only our brand, our show, but our network. So, All right, Jamal, you want to say something? I guess the big question is, uh, if you're if you are a network executive, the question that you need to ask, ask and answer is who's marketable? Who can we sell? And maybe that guy is Drew McIntyre. Maybe that guy is carrying cross for reasons. Uh, maybe that person is, uh, you know, Bianca Belair or whoever they have, but can we sell them? I don't mm-hmm. think the championship is more important than the talent that carries it. And I think that if you are a, um, uh, a person that is a champion or, or whatever the case may be, um, I, I've always thought that the universal champion should be able to go to both shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, just full stop. That's the never happened. The <laughs> should have always been that way. Never that, happened. That's what it is. <laughs> um, and I think that the women's champion should be able to do that too. You are the champion of women. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, now, as far as them appearing every single week and every single, well, yeah. I mean, how is that a problem? If they work Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views, they just don't work house shows. What's the issue? They just have yeah. a four-day week, and the week is SmackDown Friday, uh, Raw Monday, and then they have the rest of the week off until the pay-per-view. So it's not like it can't work. So I, I just think in general, um, I don't know who that person is because I've only been to one show and peaked at another show. And, well, actually, we know who that person is. It's Nikita Lyons. Just give her everything. Just give her all the belts. Uh, you know, Give her all the trophies. I don't even know why this is even a conversation. If you're wrong and, and, and you're a SmackDown, if you're Fox and you're, and you're um, NBC, the question is, where does Nikita Lyons land? Okay, well, again, she's on SmackDown this coming Friday. And she's on I SmackDown gotta... uh, for the tournament. But, I mean, full-time, when, you know, I go to the Nikita Lyons show featuring WWE, you know, where am I going? Am I going to Raw or am I going to SmackDown? That's really the only question that we really should be asking because yeah, if so- you are a network executive sitting on your 50th floor in New York, you're going, give me that woman. Okay, so now. my point so my point is she's not on SmackDown and she's on SmackDown this Friday. So the conversation had been had that saying like she looks like a talent along with Zoe. Uh, Zoe. Yeah, who, who is this? Whatever, whatever her name is. But, um, but the idea is it's in the Key to Line show. No, sir. And- I'm about Stop. <laughs> you can't deny the truth. They didn't just pluck her out of NXT with her and um, Zoe Hussitz and, okay. and say, like, this is a team. Z- Zoe Starks? In, uh, yeah, sure. Scott, I don't know. I, yeah, Zoe um, Stark. Yeah, Zoe Stark, whatever. Listen, that, that's my point, is that the network, you can tell, obviously had an investment in saying that these are the folks that we want up there. So you can tell SmackDown, uh, Fox, seems to know who they want at all times. It was it was a decision right. that you can tell they made because there's other tag teams that they could have easily used. Toxic Attraction is right there waiting for you. You're actually a tag team. That was going to be my suggestion was to bring in Toxic Attraction and Mandy Rose back to the main roster. Waiting right there for it, just, just yeah. to see how it works. And, you know, they got to be the next one up. But, you know, it's right there. But instead, they put, decided to put together a team that's not a team. Was it the okay. one six mafia Jamal? That's what they're called. Yep. <laughs> so who brought it? But anyway, I, I, to wrap this up, like I, I I do expect with Triple H now being in charge of the uh, of the main roster that uh, we're going to see a lot more of the same with SmackDown. But I think we will start to see significant changes in Raw in terms of like a friendly competition with SmackDown. It all starting to look a lot of the same on both brands and and understanding that. Um, the product is better with that sort of continuity amongst all three brands and with Triple H having influence on both and uh, all of them. I think that why separate yourself when that actually could be more crippling? I mean, SmackDown viewership is doing good. I mean, I, yes, I know it's on Fox. I know Fox is easier to to uh, access. But SmackDown, I mean, but Raw has been problematic because it hasn't had any type of continuity within its own shell. And I would think that now... 
that Vince is gone and his ways are gone, that they may be open to having discussions about making the brand and the presentation look better. So we'll see what happens. Second question I want to ask before we get to our break is now with Triple H also, as we were mentioned, in charge in SmackDown, we're seeing people return. We just got uh, Hit Row back. There was rumors that Leo Rush was going to come back. Um, We're not going to report where that came from, but it did happen. But the, but the big thing is that people are talking about coming back, and that seems to be a consensus across the dirt sheets, across mm-hmm. independent talent who have who were, who are just free, people who have left looking like they want to come back. The morale has changed. But I guess the biggest question is, how does this affect the indies and future signings now that Triple H is there? Damien, starting with you. Uh, how it affects the indies is that more people are going to get a look by all the companies um, because now it's not just Impact and AEW that are hiring wrestlers. Uh, you know, WWE is trying to find spaces now for every type of wrestler, it seems. Uh, if you want to bring back the cruiserweights, I'm all down with that because I feel like Triple H would do a better job of marketing the cruiserweights again. But <laughs> um, in terms sam- of sample dosage this week. Uh, uh, Cedric and, and Mustafa Ali, Mus- Mustafa Ali, back at their their purest form, you know. Correct. Yeah. So I, I think I think that would be a step in the right direction for in terms of the the actual free agents out there. Like, just it's just more options for them to get work. Uh, will there be bidding wars? Is a better question. Mm. And does this price out impact? You talking about That's this camp? A, you're talking about tampering now? The, yes, the, I am. Like it's the NBA free agency <laughs> period. Yes, because apparently that was happening this week. I can't believe people. I cannot believe people were literally trying to throw out words like, "Oh my God, WWE was tampering by inquiring about somebody's <laughs> availability." Like what? Well, here, wait, but here's the thing. Where's Andrew? We Lane laugh at? because it's, pro- it's professional wrestling. We laugh, but in reality, these are contracts. You know, contracted talent. So it is a form of tampering. As yeah, but it's not like, a, it's not illegal for you to hit up somebody and say like, hey, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, well, allegedly the report was it went not even to the talent; it went to the talent's people. Like, hey, would this person be interested in you know coming back eventually? Not so much like, hey, you want to jump ship right now, like Lex Luger did back in you know 1996 uh, or whatever it was. So, for the free agents out there, it's just. It's expanding their options. And I'm really concerned that now we're going to be pricing out impact a little bit uh, because now, like I said, WWE is going to focus more on wrestlers. And what I found out, I think it was this week, was apparently Chelsea Green's on a handshake deal. And apparently the honest contract expires shortly. Yeah. And it's who did always I say last for, week? Yeah. It's always been that way for back. Chelsea because she was working everywhere. Right. So. And I think now that Triple H is in charge, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chelsea get thrown a, a contract offer from WWE. I wouldn't be surprised if Deanna comes back into the fold because he was one of her favorites in WWE and NXT. That's true. So who's to say? Yeah. Um, the whole tamper thing is just funny to me, but I'm not even going to give attention to that. Uh, the Tampa. one thing I, one thing I want to say is uh, with Triple H now allowing folks to uh, uh, do third party, let's just say applications. Like Twitch. As- like Twitch, Cameo. Guess we gotta bring back our Cameo session soon, right? Oh, um, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, so on. I think that's another draw for folks to want to come back. I mean, because this is extra money folks could be making, extra building of content, extra building their brand. And when Vince were like trying to shut that all down and trying to get the rights to everything, you know, that definitely sent people saying like, hey, I'm going to places I can do these things. Impact becomes a very desirable place. Um, so I, I I definitely think that in the free agency of um, of independent talent, I think, yeah, you're right. Now all the options are back open again. Your, your childhood dream to work for WWE becomes a valuable option again when it mm-hmm. did not because a lot of people were uh, having bad experiences, bad contracts, and all sorts of different things happening. Um, but I think now, like, it, it just completely changes everything. And I also got to say that, you know, some of these other uh, ex-wrestlers uh, and, and ex-WWE talent um, giving kudos to Triple H and his uh, and his possible um, 
and potential and and his potential in t- in terms of leadership is also a good feel of morale for others to kind of want to invest in as well. When you hear somebody like Matt Cardi saying like, you know, this is, this is a good thing. You know, he, he definitely has the tools and, you know, we'll see how this shakes up everything. And then I think other people now are going to go start thinking the same thing um, because, you know, that was the end. The biggest thing was like, Hey, you didn't want to have a run in with Vince. You didn't want to get the termination. You didn't want to invest in moving to Florida just to be released in a couple of weeks, you know, and, and, and you know, Vince ran the business the way he did. But I think now I think there's the sense that like with Triple H being there, I think things are just going to be um, a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more uh, uh, wholesome, maybe. <laughs> I don't so. know about wholesome, but OK. <laughs> Jamal, you can say something. I I think in general, it is good um, that WWE is opening up uh, their wallets again to for looking for talent. I think it's interesting to see how the uh, NIL folks uh, integrate within that system. Mm. Um, I think it's also interesting to see uh, not just, you know, who they're looking for, but where they put them. It's easy to bring back people that you thought you had a thing with and then it didn't fit the vision. Um, And obviously the vision has changed Uh, with really realistically, you know, this doesn't mean that they're just going and poaching the Indies for all of this talent like they did before out of spite. They they strategically brought back people that they thought they could have a run with and are interested in, in some of those other ones that they thought they can have a run with too. I don't think anybody's waiting outside Darby Allen's trailer in AEW to go, we need to talk. I don't think anybody's waiting outside of you know Sting's trailer uh saying like, hey, we got a legends deal for you. Um, now, granted, you know, contract tampering and stuff like that as it relates to real sports is totally different than wrestling because we don't know what the contract says. Uh, we know that there's a union and a collective bargaining agreement that says that you can't do this. That's the ground rules for most sports in the union. There ain't no union in wrestling. So you, it's kind of the Wild West. And the bottom line is, is that if somebody, you know, whispers in your ear, hey, we can talk business about this. You know, who knows if the grass is going to be greener? Uh, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. And it changes color. So I think any given people, especially in how fickle the wrestling business is, an opportunity to work, an opportunity to make a paycheck is ultimately a good thing. But it's also more interesting as to who they're bringing in, um, because they're not. They're not rating GCW. <laughs> you know, for all the indie talent and, and all this other stuff, what does it mean for the Indies? They're not rating GCW. There, yeah. you know, I'm not hearing any of those guys. You know, nobody's being flown down. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming for Super Ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to the NXT house. You know, so yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's the safe to say that like this is this is just all good for the entire business. You know, more opportunities for folks looking for contracts, um, and 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 that's always good when more people can get paid and 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 make a living for themselves. So, but anyway, let's uh. Hit our commercial, and we'll be back on the second half to talk other things outside of Triple H because that's what we've been focusing on for like an hour and a half now, considering last weekend today. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move forward with the, uh, some new stuff. A little birdie told me, everybody, that you may be interested in doing some sponsorship and advertising opportunities with us here at Big Gold Belt Media. You know what? You might as well because we are the golden standard for all of your media needs. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Besides, all of your pre-roll ads, your mid-roll ads, as well as your on-air reads are going to be done by me, Damien G. Yeah, professional broadcaster, Damien G. We do all types of social media promotions. That means your podcast, your IG, your Facebook, your Twitter, and your business website all get shouted out on our network here at Big Gold Belt Media, where we cover wrestling, movies, comics, and more. And you can find out more information and make those inquiries, kids, because you know, limited time offer here at big gold belt group at gmail.com. Again, that is big gold belt group at gmail.com. Why would you want to go anywhere else? I wouldn't. Well, I work here, but I still wouldn't even if I didn't. So again, big gold belt media for all your sponsorship and advertising opportunities, your podcast, your IG, your Facebook, your Twitter, all of your social media platforms, as well as any business website you want us to promote on our show. Big Gold Bell Group at gmail.com and let them know 
Damon G sent you. All right, we're back here for a second half of the Big Go Boat Wrestling Podcast live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Keep up with us at BigGoBelt.com. All your news, updates, content, all that good stuff. Um, but it's about that time for us to get into our independent or short for indie spotlight. So uh, this week, uh, we're going to New York. It is Battle Club. Woot. Uh, Battle Club Pro is having a show <laughs> this weekend, and it's at. Oh, let me do this. Let me, let me do this thing right there, so you can actually see what I'm talking about. It's Jarvis Slam too. Uh, it's the house party, and it's at the Brooklyn Transition Center, 188 Hopkins Street in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, you can get your tickets at Brown Paper Tickets, or just hit up Battle Club uh, Pro on the Twitter machine at Battle Club Pro. Exactly how you think it's spelled. I think um, they have. It's going to be a really interesting show. You have uh, Swole defending her title versus Mia Yim. Um, I'm pretty much interested in this Jabra Slam, you know, Battle Royal they have going on. So it's, it looks like a lot of fun. It's uh, really oh, right no. off the trip. You, not, you know what Battle Royal it is, right? Don't worry about that. It's the Faye Jackson gray sweatpants okay. Battle Royal. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, so tell us more. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that, but uh, but I do, but I do like a good battle royal. So uh, apparently, listen, those, those great sweatpants battle royals, it's got to be the funniest gimmick match I've ever watched in my entire life. Completely fun commentary was out of this world, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a good looking show. It is this Saturday, 180 Hopkins Street in Brooklyn, New York. Doors at two, bell time at three. Uh, you can get your ticket information at Battle Club Pro on the Twitter machine, or uh, you can go ahead and uh, brownpapertickets.com. Uh, and, and you know, first of all, they, there's no excuse not to go. It's definitely, like, accessible to the train, walking distance, everything. If you live in Marcy Projects, you're right there. So uh, <laughs> Battle Club 2 this weekend, uh, 2 o'clock doors, 3 o'clock bells, uh, 180 Hopkins Street in Brooklyn, New York. This Saturday, Jabra Slam 2, be there in your gray sweatpants. <laughs> just don't try to get in the ring no don't do that don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> oh man oh man hey we I, I i can't believe we never talked about our local wrestling buddy ricky getting in the ring uh at a show about, about a month or something to go trying to protect faye jackson oh um, no. yeah what oh. happened yeah conversation oh. for another day <laughs> okay <laughs> tell me all fair but just just don't be trying to get in that ring. Don't do it. Don't 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 please don't do it. Oh man. Um you uh, wanna bounce back with some news now? Ah, uh, sure. Uh not uh not a lot of news, uh, admittedly, but uh, a couple things that are going on. Uh if you are in Cardiff in Wales, you part of the UK, uh WWE, they got you. Apparently uh, more tickets have opened up for a clash at the castle, which is September the third. Um, out there in Cardiff, um, tickets, uh, like production area tickets, uh, are have been allocated and uh, released for the public. Um, prices seem to be somewhere between seventy and a hundred pounds. So you know, if if you want to go, you know, you got to get in there where you can. Uh, ODB, uh, she had a food truck, and then like food truck, you know, burned down. It was you know sad thing, but she got featured in the um, St. Cloud, Minnesota Times. And it's she's actually up and kicking ass and taking names, you know, with their food truck, uh, ODB's Meet and Greet, M E A T. So good to see that she's still like out there, uh, you know, slanging that beef uh, as only she can. Now, uh, WWE had a a ban on insider, uh, or not insider trading, because that's illegal. But they had a ban on uh, employees trading stock during the whole investigation thing. That ban has been uh, lifted uh, as of Tuesday. So if you own WWE stock as an employee, um, you can now do something with it or not. Um, and lastly, New Japan Pro Wrestling is coming back to New York. Is the twist. They're coming and they're bringing stardom with them. Now, it's not going to be at the Garden, and it, but it will be in, uh, in the Times Square area up the street. It's at the Palladium. Uh, it's called Rumble on 44th Street. Uh, tickets go on sale August 25th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, the show is Friday, October 28th, Halloween-ish. 
at the Palladium Times Square. I don't have the exact address of the Palladium, but you can definitely Google that if you want. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's interesting that there. What I don't know what role Stardom will play as a part of the show. Will this be a more American-looking show where men and women have matches on the card? You know, how many matches on the card will there be? How what percentage of that will be women? Um, logistically, because just New Japan and Japanese promotions uh, don't run an intergender locker room in in general. Uh, you may have one or two that cross over, but by and large, that doesn't happen. So this is kind of a big deal, kind of an interesting, you know, composition of Stardom and New Japan, which of course are owned by the same company. But uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to be bigger as far as uh, the scope and scale of this thing versus the Garden Ring of Honor show. But the fact is, is that this doesn't happen. You don't see a Stardom. Yeah and New Japan show under the same roof uh, too often, and it's gonna happen in the US. So uh, if you're in the New York area, you definitely wanna wanna look out for that uh, next weekend, uh, October 25th. That's a week from today, actually. Um, at 10 a.m. Eastern, tickets go on sale, then the Rumble on 44th Street, which what? is- T- Tickets go on sale in a week from today? Yes. Okay. The show is October 28th. Yeah, okay, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's what it is for this week. Cool. Coming oh, and, back. And real quick. Sorry, real quick, guys. We forgot a show actually tomorrow. Uh, Black Girl Magic is happening tomorrow on August 19th. That's Friday, August 19th. You can get your tickets at eventbrite.com. Uh, this is uh, Black Girl Magic 2, licensed by Capital Media. It is at 185 Ellery Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11206. Showtime is at 7.30. Or doors, I should say, open at 7.30. On the card, we have Trisha Dora, also Willow Nightingale, Jordan Blade, and more. Again, that is Black Girl Magic 2 at 185 Ellery Street on Title Match Network as well, if you can't make it out. So uh, yeah, give a smaller uh, independent promotion some views if you uh, got some time tomorrow night. Awesome. I'm going into a little bit of news in our next topic. It was announced today, came out in a press release about 11, close to 11.30 a.m. Um, um, as of today, August 18th, um, that, uh, yeah, NXT brand is going to grow internationally because they are going with the creation of an all-new NXT Europe, which is planned for 2023 um, just a little bit of information about it but I think the other big thing to really come from out of this is that NST Europe will reimagine the brand and its talents pipeline for the pan-European focus um, they highlighted the success of NXT UK and that's pretty much it mm-hmm. at least I thought it was it because then people started to get released from NST UK <laughs> <laughs> So, budget cuts no no <laughs> so so here, here's here's my thing here's my thing um first of all nxt global domination is back that should be very much on uh, uh very much in focus in terms of the triple h regime because that was something that he was trying to do on the nst scales have Correct. nst uk nst i think australia was like in there or NXT japan japan so he was trying to do a thing so nst europe I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> so so when I heard this, I'm like, oh, no big deal. This is like CBS All Access becoming Paramount Plus. Mm. You just go up a brand and you make the umbrella bigger so more things could be encompassed under it. So people saying that this is their last day of working with WWE, I could be completely out of line here, but I don't see it being a big deal at all because I think these people are just going to get another contract with another name under it. (laughs) It's just not going to be NST UK because it's going to cease to exist as a brand. Am I wrong? Either way, what are your thoughts about the launch of NST Europe and the termination of NXT UK? Um, I don't. I don't know how to feel. To be honest with you, mm, thank you, Jamal. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, like, and, and maybe I, I, my uh, answer is going to be a bit different to Damien's. I don't know how to really feel because I don't. I don't care. And, he, and here's where I don't care. Um, you the whatever the indie whatever you thought the uh, WWE did to the UK indie scene, they weren't the only ones that did. It. 
you know, the speaking out movement was arguably more detrimental to the uh, UK and the than WWE ever was. Also, we don't talk, we only talk about the UK when it comes to Europe. We don't really talk about the scene in Italy or France or the Netherlands or Germany um, and other markets that I'm sure, Spain, that I'm sure I'm forgetting, where they definitely have um, a pretty robust indie scene over there. Also, also, most of them don't speak English. So it's going to be harder for me to watch, you know, as a fan anyway, unless I'm watching in their original language. Uh, you know, I don't know what WWE's plan is to bring to unite Europe. Um, I don't know if Brexit had anything to do with it as far as the logistics of, uh, of the, and the red tape of moving, working with, with, between the UK and the EU. Um, the bottom line is that there's more than enough wrestling to watch wherever you are if you have a decent internet connection. And I don't think the NXT Europe is going to do really much more than what the UK thing did. And that's just give some top guys over there an opportunity to be on TV pretty steadily. Now, as far as the spirit of the, uh, the, the movement and all that other stuff, too, well, I can't name a single promotion in Italy right now. I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm actually confident that they do. But they're not on the level that the UK are possibly because they don't speak English, largely because there isn't like an international deal that brings all of them together. I know of WXW to, to say that because a lot of Americans have gone over there and made a name for themselves in WXW and then have come over from here, uh, from there to here. You know, Walter, uh, you know, is another example. So if this shines a light on EU indie scene and brings us, content that we have not had developed here for Americans, cool. Now, if you're in Europe and you don't know because you only watch what you watch locally, this is also a good thing for you as it brings together more content for you. But then it's also WWE. And that's the thing. If you want a mom and pop Mexican shot and then a Taco Bell moves in down the street, uh uh-oh. That may not help the actual... Uh, you know, progression of the product. It's just going to homogenize it and repackage it and make it some bullshit. So I, I think it is both, it's a double-edged sword, and I really don't know how to feel yet until I actually see product on TV. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested um, because I am interested in division here, that division that was hinted at a while ago. Um, and you know, I think that as it's highlighted inside of this uh press release, you know, we did get stars like Rhea Ripley, Dewdrop, Gunther, and Butch. <laughs> Let me, I, I hope they remove the Dewdrop name and just give her back Piper Niven at this point. Just could be, please, it could be. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I, I whispered to Jamal at Raw and I said, um, uh, Veer is the only person to actually gain the name. And 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 uh, <laughs> instead of being Veer, he's Veer Mahan. You, you yeah. So, like, so listen, that's a, that's a good sign of things to come. You know, folks might be getting their names. So, um, but uh, I, I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued, shall I say? Um, it, you know, I don't. I, I know there's been some good wrestling on the NXT UK. It is definitely not during my watchable hours to consume. But I do know mm-hmm. when they do sell big matches, I do try to get in and watch it one way or another. Uh, but the NST Europe thing, I think this will pro- provide additional jobs for folks, opportunities for folks. Um, and, and much like you said, these other um, these other areas who did not have any type of publicity, uh, any type of television deal, hopefully this is an umbrella that helps them get there. And when you start thinking about the – when you start thinking about, I guess we can use the word pipeline here, as they also use, I mean, this becomes a double A – all of the top NXT UK talent are now in NXT 2.0, as we've seen a lot of people pop up, which now makes NXT AAA before you get to the majors. So um, the NIL folks also has like a, I mean, they're an A when you're at the Performance Center, but like now I guess this gives them a little bit of opportunity to kind of uh, branch around to 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 um, different opportunities and whatnot. So, you know, I, I guess the biggest question is what's next after this? If they got an NXT Europe, are we going to get NXT down under very soon or NXT um, 
We're going to get a, NXT Latin America eventually because they're still trying to build the next Latino star. You know, they're, they're still holding on to Rey Mysterio and, and the corpse of Rey Mysterio trying to make uh, Dominic hey. something. And So very false about the corpse of Rey Mysterio. Also, with, no, with that, no what I mean by that is they're going to keep putting him out there until he's a corpse. Because yeah. they still haven't dude, found a new uh, Latino star. Dude ain't slowing down at all. <laughs> like, yeah, they're they're not weekend at Bernie's mode with him yet. <laughs> no, we're not there yet. But I can I, if they don't find a new star in that realm, yeah. they're going to keep trudging him out there when he's 53 and, years old, looking and, like psychosis all beat up. And Logado del Fantasma is on the way, Fantasma. too. Fantasma, so, yeah, they're on the way. So, like, you know, just it's just interesting seeing pieces of the puzzle now shift around to where they should be. So I'm, I'm like really interested in seeing where WWE is going to be at around Survivor Series time. Like I've never really cared about Survivor Series in like this, the last 10, 15 years, but I'm really intrigued now to see what happens, especially with Triple H involved. Will we get NXT being a, a, the third competitor for, it? I mean, he had a lot to do with it before saving the day. This is interesting, but now I'm just interested because we're going to see moving pieces in places they should be and with nst europe being there i think i this just another feeder system of 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 additional talent eventually till they make their way over to the u.s and and let's not also forget that even though it's called nst europe people from japan could come near australian talent could come near you know it's just it's just another opportunity based in europe yeah yeah, and, and also let's not forget about like the the legality of this too. I mean, this also gives another sort of destination for folks who may not instantly be able to get a visa into the United right. States. So, you know, right. I'd love to see more talent work. We'd love to see somebody like Sandra McKinsey get a look, uh, who's also coming back in October, by the way, to do her U.S. tour. But yeah, you know, folks like that and and other folks, you know. Last topic of the hold on real night. quick. Let me let me just chime in before we do last topic. Uh, as far as NXT UK's demise, uh, I know a lot of people didn't have it on their watch radar when it dropped. I was an avid fan. I watched it every week. Uh, we had matches like Dragonoff versus Walt uh, Gunther Walter, and that the one from what two two three pay per views ago where it was just like they beat the living hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a great, great match. And if it yeah. wasn't for NXT UK, you know, now we have like Tyler Bate coming over to NXT, Blair Davenport coming over. Mako Sadamore is one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet. So without NXT UK, we wouldn't have a lot of these people, uh, Devlin notwithstanding. But the the Europe thing, like you said, two champs, it's basically just going to be more jobs. For more yeah. people I'm, I'm really interested to see if we if we get an nxt japan in the next three years because yeah. that's going to i don't be think it should be japan i think it, i think it should be singapore like if, okay. if you it is so here's the deal about nxt europe okay. i what i hope they do is use that as a landing spot for uh the middle east and north africa um for obviously europe itself and um Western Asia, like Turkey or uh, Kazakhstan, mm-hmm. former Russians and stuff like that. Just logistically, you don't have to go as far. Like Asajj McKenzie doesn't have to go as far for that. It's like opening a company, opening up an office um, in, a, in a different market. Now, the reason why I would like to see that be in, let's say, Italy or Greece or whatever, uh, somewhere in Central Europe, is for that reason. It has nothing to do with the local indie scene. It's a WWE product. Uh, if you want to come there and try out, you come there and try out, and it is what it is. Uh, they should not move next door to WXW, uh, and and every mm. company is is every company that wants to do something around the world is, is doing a similar thing. Starbucks is opening up in Italy. Italy is the home of of you know a specific type of coffee. So how the hell is Starbucks going to compete? They didn't put it in Rome. They didn't put it in Milan. They didn't put it in the major cities. They're working around um, what the local flavor is and trying to integrate that way. That's yeah. why I think Singapore is the move over Japan because if Japan has a culture that's tough to crack, they have um, an infrastructure that's tough to crack. They have it's everything's been established already and it's tough to crack. Singapore has a scene that is developing and it's also further south in the Asia Pacific region, which means that Australia is around the corner, New Zealand's around the corner, so is Indonesia, uh, so is uh, China and Thailand. 
Um, and all of China's, you know, uh, don't come for me, Ping. I mean, I, I get it. We, you, you don't get places, but you know, the Philippines and, and all these other places versus, and they also speak English, which helps, but also that's versus Japan, which is very Japanese for obvious reasons. Yeah. So, yeah, McDonald's has a headquarters in like one five continents. I don't see why WWE can't have a Singapore headquarters for their brand locally around the world. Global yeah. localization is what they called it, and that's what Triple H wants to do. Yeah. Hey, listen, instead of this last topic, Jamal, I'm going to give it to you. Kind of kind of set the table, and let's revisit this for next week. So we, we, we do know All Out is coming, is the next pay-per-view for AEW, um, which should be, uh, you know, a, a, a good pay-per-view because it's one of the pay-per-views that I feel means the most to the AEW brand. Like it's 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 a it's a big catalyst in terms of the creation of AEW. Um, sure. um, you know, I I I was even playing around with the idea of like you know doing all in again because you know you own RH, but you know, fine, you can't do all in, so you do all out. We get it, we understand what it means, we understand the history, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we do know it's making to be a big pay-per-view because of some of the stakes that are involved. But before we get to the pay-per-view, which we are about three weeks two out? Weeks. Two weeks? Uh, well, yeah. It's the 18th, so I think we're two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Pay-per-view yeah, is right. Labor Day weekend. Yep, you're right. Yep, yep. How you feeling about the build? What are the questions that are being at hand right now? Um, well, the build has been rather interesting. Number one, we're two weeks out. And other than um, the presumptive main event, we don't know what the show is going to be. Um, we assume that Jade's going to have a match probably with Athena. That has That's not confirmed. We would assume that it's the uh, unification match between Punk and Undesirable number one, but that's not going to happen <laughs> because that's going to happen next week. Um, and then what else do you uh, – and then, of course, we do know that we're going to have the finals of the six-man championships, which is weird because ROH has a six-man championship that hasn't – been seen since their last pay-per-view will there be any rh talent on the show uh will there be uh will there be a, a new japan um you know integration at all with this show this will be the first pay-per-view since forbidden door when new japan talent are in the six-man tournament um you know so that kind of elephant is in the room uh with that said they're still punk and if you saw Dynamite last night, I thought it was really interesting. This number one, they opened with a 15 minute promo. That's very, <laughs> that's your favorite. That's, like, your, that's very exactly WWE you of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly I, what you want it. <laughs> oh my God. I wanted to jump out the fucking window um, because it's just punk, you know, lumbering down to the ring. And you have, you know, uh, Dollar Tree McFoley, you know, coming down with his belt. And Dollar I'm going, Tree McFoley. Holy I'm sorry, that's that's disrespect to um to Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree. I, I mean, you know, backpage.com McFoley, you know, come through. And and I'm like, why is this a 15-minute segment? And then at the end, and then before all that, he kind of just you know bitches at uh, Adam Page, who's nowhere to be found, and brings him up for no reason. This shit is just all weird, and I don't care. <laughs> that's kind of the biggest thing about it because. As soon as the, pre- the promo ends, they go to commercial break and then they go two out of three falls with uh, Danielson and, and Daniel Garcia. Well, that's the match that I wanted to see. If you're going to open the show with it, then open the show with it. You have Rampage. You could put you could put um, Kool-Aid, Terry Funk, and, and Punk promo on that, on that show. You give um, Garcia and Danielson the time that they need and you have them. You give the main event the time that they need, which is clearly rushed. But you waste fifteen minutes with a promo that just didn't seem to go anywhere. So I guess the question now becomes: Is we uh, Kenny Omega's back? Mm-hmm. Yay! So they bring him back before the pay per view, which means that you're telling me that he's going to come back and lose in, in the six man tournament. So that kind of throw your bracket out the window if you didn't have winning already. <laughs> um, because obviously that's that's the obvious move, and there's nobody on the other side of the tournament to have um, to challenge them. So, sure, the elite versus the House of Black. Why are we waiting two weeks for that? Just give it to us now, because that's where we're going to go. It the booking is baffling at at, at best. 
troubling at worst because it's two weeks. And if you're going to tell me, why can't, you know, the champion, whoever it may be after next week, um, just face Okada? Well, there's no bill for it. There's no bill for the fucking pay-per-view. So, <laughs> so what are we, what are we actually doing here? So I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't care what the reports say about, you know, Punk's motivation. He went off the script. Can you go off the script in an unscripted promo? I don't think so. But it just seems interesting that after so long and so many pay-per-views, it's still a rush. Like they just throw themselves off a cliff in the last two weeks and hope they land at the pay-per-view somewhere in the bullseye that is the pay-per-view. And he might miss this time. And that may be a first for, for Khan and AEW, but it's kind of like, what's actually happening here? And then, of course, as WWE course corrects, that's the, that's another elephant in the room. Will that competition breed complacency or will it energize uh, Khan to kind of move forward with some of his booking tropes that have honestly soured me on the product? So I know it's a little bit of a rant, but I, I guess there's a big question about this. As of right now, two weeks before the pay-per-view, is All Out worth 50 bucks? No, I see, don't think it is. We'll see. Simple I mean, answer: No. Yeah, nobody's nobody's pre-ordering it, but like we'll see <laughs> once we get through Rampage the, the following day. What it feels like, you know? Right. I mean, that's uh, kind of like, uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how you justify that. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I get it. The, the the booking and and constantly grabbing attention of your your fan base is is hard, but like. Yeah, I, I thought like having your big, big match being on Dynamite next week is super interesting. If Dynamite ratings have been constantly good, you know, this they've feels been constant, like, but yeah, we, but, we don't but, know what good is. Yeah, but That's this still feels like this feels like, as you like to say, pushing the panic button here. Or does it never or, or does it not happen and you're just selling it to get viewers and then some other technicality of some sort you know or I, completely play a devil's advocate is this purposely working the internet like are they going to are they going to tease like you know what if the dirt sheets are already saying and they've already prognosticated the for uh, the uh forecast of the pay-per-view and everybody's all hyped up about what they think they should see based on what the somebody told them they should see fuck it we're gonna go we're gonna call an audible is yeah. this an audible yeah because yeah, right now we thought we were going to get a thing. We're definitely getting that thing next week, and we don't know what's going to happen f- coming forward, which is kind of the point of watching. But it, you know, maybe maybe Khan decided to call an audible and say, "All right, cool. If the internet wants to spoil it, I'm going to go a different. I'm going to pivot." Yeah. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to have shenanigans on Wednesday because uh, AEW doesn't do a lot of shenanigans finishes, at least mm-hmm. recently. So in order to continue to build to this pay-per-view uh, main event, maybe they'll make it in a steel cage. Maybe they'll have it as like something, some barbed wire bullshit for Mox. I don't know. But I, I think there's going to be some shenanigans to draw more interest into the pay-per-view. But I'm looking at the card. Danielson and Jericho, swerving our glory against whomever. Sure. Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs, potentially. Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. Ah, yeah, Dave versus that. Athena, like you said. Uh, the trios championships, whomever the finals are. Versus House of Black versus House of Black versus Darby Allen Sting and Miro. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. If it's House of Black versus whoever you just said, then they can't win the trios tournament unless they're. Running it twice. Well, no, I, I, I said whomever is in the, the finals of the trios tournament. Oh, okay. Well, they're saying, no. but, they, they, but then you mentioned House of Black again, and they're in the trios tournament. Oh, potentially that was what was going to be booked. Before oh, the tournament. Okay. It was House okay. of Black versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro, potentially. So <laughs> if that's how it stands. I feel sleepy for whatever reason. Exactly. <laughs> because, in, because you know that the post show scrum is starting to 2.30 in the morning. Oh my God! I'm so glad I'm not working that. <laughs> oh, yeah, me as well. Go <laughs> for anybody that's going. Uh, get your uh, logistics and uh, travel squared away. You got two weeks, and you've been warned. 
But um, we'll, we'll talk more about All Out. We still got some time before the pay-per-view. We'll see what happens uh, next week on Dynamite. We'll find out more about uh, WWE and the Triple H era. We'll obviously be keeping an eye out on changes. And we'll see what else happens in the world of professional wrestling. See what if Impact decides to make some changes or MLW makes some changes. And does anybody sign Nick Gage? Because you should. And I think he's good for ratings. And matter of fact, book Nick Gage versus Nikita Lyons for Jamal purposes. I think... This is the match we all been wanting. So there you have it. But no, folks, sit through it for 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 Nikita. She'd want me to. There you go. Oh, those Nikita line versus uh, John Moxley. Then let's get it done. Okay, now you're going too far. Folks, check us out each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on all social media. Uh, find us at BigOBelt.com. That gets you to all of our social media pages and links and all that other good stuff. Uh, but yeah. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you back uh, next week. All I really need that big old bell, big old bell, big old bell.